Aaron Amadu Hale was absolute fucking trash. You, you can't be, you can't just kind of stand there. Um, and he stood there a lot. Yeah. Hello listeners, that's right, we're here. It's time for the final of our player review shows as we have a look at the forwards of the Brisbane Royal Football Club for the season 2019-2020. And we've got some interesting figures to have a look at here. And as I sort of talked about in the review shows, we've got forward line didn't really quite get going. So let's have a look at them. I am joined by... Mr. Ben. Hello. Mr. Dan. Hello. Mr. Rick. Hello. And special comments on one player by Mr. Dave. So, let's start with probably probably the player that had the least impact this season was uh, Jai Ingham. And I think he, he was a bit injury ridden. But interestingly, 11 appearances, and two of them were in the FA Cup, all of them off the bench. <laughs> That's, um, and no goals, no cards. That's not the impact you want from her. You kind of wonder why we signed him. Like, I he don't was, know. Do, like, do you remember his weird signing? He had actually signed for Central yeah, Coast Mariners, and then we somehow grabbed that's him. That's where I'm going. Like, yeah. we literally said, "Oh, you're at Central Coast, but we we want you." Yeah. Like, how does that? And then to like, there's two things, right? Irrespective of his skill level, to go and get him from another club and then use him off the bench eleven times. Like, yeah. why? Why wouldn't you just pick? any scholarship player or any NPL player that's already here that you don't have to wiggle any contract, you just borrow them or loan them or whatever. Why? Just why? I can't understand it. And he, he, he was quite obviously not an impact player because no goals in 11 subs, you know, coming on from off the bench. You know, he's, he's the, you know, the anti-Honorico, you could probably say. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I don't have an average of his minutes, but he surely at least played the equivalent of, like, two games of football there and, and done not much. And it's weird when we sort of, like, off-cast his brother as well, and yet his, his brother would have actually been perfect to play the wing-back. Oh, that's what he went and did at Perth. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's weird. It, we seem to have a weird relationship we with Ingham. Jack, Jack Hingott was injured. Yeah. We could have just used Dane out there, and, and we were like, nah. Yeah, get it. We're going to go get Jai, who plays in a position that we're not even using this time as a winger. I didn't think he did. Did Johnny play a little bit of wing back, or am I thinking maybe he'd sort of like he'd be a sub late and maybe replace someone from back there? But yeah, I think we just yeah we just change around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just swing on a forward to try and make something happen. Yeah, strange one this season. Sucks. I kind of hope Moon finds a way to clear clear that space in the. It, once again, a player not announced as leaving, but. Who knows? I think there'll be a few where Moon has a chat with them and says, I've got no plans for you, mate. You might as well yeah. go look elsewhere. Probably for the smaller impact beyond that, I think we might have Aaron Amadi Holloway for 23 appearances. So he has the most appearances of any of our four on this season, but 18 of them off the bench. I reckon Dave's got something special to say about that. Aaron Amadi Holloway was absolute fucking trash. He was a useless waste of space striker. We did not need to use him. We could have found any number of players from the NPL who'd done a better job than that piece of crap player. He played more times than anyone else as a striker, but played about three minutes each game because he got brought on as a sub all the fucking time. I have no idea why. I hope he gets released. Strong words. I think yeah. you might agree there, Rick. Considering Aaron actually, you know, in a, in a past life, played for, for one of Dave's favourite clubs, Wickham, mm. um, 
Yeah, I, I get the feeling that Dave doesn't really like the way the hallway plays, and I, I tend to agree with him. I, mm-hmm. I didn't see what he was actually bringing to the club. For, for a tall player, he is terrible with his head. <laughs> yeah. um, and if he's a target man, well, he's terrible at controlling the ball as well. So what was he doing again? And I can never used him like that. Like, and then yeah. he'd end up wet wide. Yeah. Oh, I, I just yeah. I remember when he came and I think he was listed on like Wikipedia as a defender. And I remember looking into this, trying to figure out what is this guy? Is a defender or is he a winger that's only ever scored like three goals in his professional career? Like, what are we getting? Yeah. And the answer was been getting anything of smokes. Yeah, no, he was he was an odd one, and he, he certainly fell out of favour as the season went on. And yeah, and then but then all of a sudden we try him again and just hope that this time it'll work. And uh, this time, this it, time it, it'll time, be different. This it, time it'll be it different. It just wasn't very good at all. Yeah, he's <sighs> not worth he's not worth an import spot. Like there's oh. got to be Aussie players playing the NPL that could have done more with our season than what. Well, well that's Dave's point. You, yeah. you could take your pick of Queensland players that are already around here. You can give me Jez Lofthouse that's playing at Olympic over him, that's for sure. Get so. someone who's banging in goals. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Let's probably move on. Well, maybe we might start. Well, let's go to the younger strikers and then we'll move on to the pair that did win the Golden Boot joint. And we're basically one striker just <laughs> replaced halfway through the year by yeah. one and the other. Uh, so we had uh, probably Mirza Muranovic. We'll start with him. Mirza had that real sweet patch in the middle of the season where, uh, you know, he was the chosen starting striker. And I think it was around that, that Brad Inman golden period, Dan. I'm sure you remember it fondly. Uh, <laughs> um, 13, game, uh, 13 games for Mirza, six off the bench. So, you know, he did get to start about seven games a season, two goals for him, one very proud mother in the stands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I managed to beat um, Yessa's mum at down when we played down in Melbourne. Uh, you know, mm. Quite quite a lovely family there. Um, I f- I found kind of it was probably similar to the to the Crocom Young sort of sort of situation, a similar sort of thing with Wenzel Halls and Moravich. Mm. When Fowler came in, for some reason Wenzel Halls was was on the nose and and you know apart from the fact that I think he injured himself like a week before the season start. Yeah, he was training. Yeah. Um, but Moravich got, got the runs over Wenzel Halls while Fowler was here and eventually it kind of changed. Uh, and then and then all of a sudden it was it was Dylan getting getting the, the runs instead of Mirza. Um, but I, I saw promise in Mirza. Um, but you know, it's yeah. you know, he's, he's he's still quite young, so um, it's kind of hard to, hard to say. And I I kind of struggle just just based on the structure that we were playing to kind of say whether or not um, the, these guy these younger guys potentially the structure the formation that we play this season doesn't really suit their style of of, of play. And that's, and that's when it comes to probably Dylan Wenzel Halls. And Dylan had uh, 21 appearances this season, nine of them off the bench for two goals, two yellow cards. And that's not a great return either. So between them, you know, they've had 30, 34 appearances for four goals between them. And these are the young guys we're hoping to carry forward. Now, Dylan definitely played better under Warren Moon. Uh, he, he was given more faith by Warren Moon as well, because I think Warren Moon had definitely seen Dylan Wenzel Halls tear up the NPL. I reckon... You reckon Dylan Winslow Hall sort of had great fun with like McLaren and Berlayolo? Like, oh, yeah. That, that I was think like, it would have been very deadly combination. 
yeah. style thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's just a style, and that's exactly play. what Rick was getting at. Like, it's yeah. a style of if we're going to have a slow build-up play, then you want sort of more crafty strikers like your Scott McDonald. And we'll get to him in a second. Then, then maybe what you know these sort of real, um, you know, lightning like like the counter attack and the open style play you know maybe they'll develop that later yeah. but I, I, I certainly think both Miesa and, and Dylan probably would benefit more from a 4-4-2 formation and having mm. somebody else up there with them rather than and that's what I think fastness. and I think that's what where where we were sort of more 4-2-3 he was Dylan was forced out to a wing because of like Roy Donovan was the up front man and that he sort of struggled with that role, but then when Moon was in, I think we played more four three two, yeah. and then it was the two up the front with McDonald and Wenzel Halls, and that seemed to work a little bit better for him. Plus the confidence from the coach. I don't know. With like Maradovic, it was clear that what Fowler was looking for when he signed O'Donovan, and then used Maradovic was a striker to come receive like a yeah. I want to say target man, but not in the traditional sense. Just someone to come and get it. Yeah. And Roy was never really interested, and. It's not Dylan's style because he's quick and he, he wants to take on defenders and, and look forward. He doesn't want to turn with his back to goal. It's just fine. That's Jamie McLaren's style. You know, that's good. But then that's why Maradovich got the run because he, uh, whether he listened or whether that's his style, we don't know. But he came and got the ball more and acted more like a, I guess, you say man. the 10 yeah. sort of, he would come in. Yeah. And, and so... Donovan was, yeah, it's a very classic, you know, he wore the number on the back. He wanted to sit on the last defender and get played in behind and shoot a goal. That's what he wanted. That's how he expected. He thought that's how the board would be rolled to him a lot. And yeah, that's not the style of play that happened. And that's why he jumped off. But and it's, and it's never really ever been the style of Brisbane North Football Club to have that. Yeah, I mean, waiting striker. Best is expected acting. Sergio Van Dyke. Van Dyke. Yeah. 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 But ever since Ben left, we've been sort of yeah. looking going. Can we get someone else like that who really yeah. wants to come and compete? And, and again, McLaren was totally different, so that's okay. But yeah, we've always been looking for a bit of a Bess who can do that role. So. Yeah, and, look, and that's why Bess is, and half the time that's why Bess is Bess is great at what he does, is because he, he will do he'll do both for you, right? Like you know, get someone who can do both. Um, that's that's yeah. the style. Is what did you think of the you know Merza Mirza, isn't it Mirza? Oh, yes. Yes, and I know I get I get in trouble from our Bosnian friend uh, around my pronunciation of, of his name. And to give him a nickname, and then we'll be away yeah. from all this. And, and look, I, I think that of the two, I think Moradovic came in and impressed me more. I think he created a lot. I think he, um, you know, just his energy and his, you know, contribution to general play was probably. You know, on balance, so if you said that they played the same number of minutes, I think per minute, Merza probably did better. Um, I think Dylan, you know, and I mean, a lot of it wasn't his fault, but he, he struggled this year. And I really don't think that, you know, I, I think that he, he's got to basically have a pre-season where, you know, as we thought, what's going to be the case this season, you know, he's the main man. It's kind of structure around him up front. Like, you know, it was a bit of a puzzle to me that, you know, we brought Roy in, in that position when we had Dylan there based on the previous season. Like he was basically the only shining light from that, from that previous season. And I think he's just going to be given the chance. I think he's going to be given the license to, 
you know, have that position for a season and see how it goes because otherwise, you know, it's just going to be, you know, A-League journeyman rather than anything else. Yeah, I, I think based, based on his MPL kind of career leading into the Raw, um, Dylan seems to be the player that needs to be playing games week in, week out. Um, if, you, yeah. if you start kind of benching him and, and not playing him, then he very quickly loses his spark. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can sort of see in there, like, you see the way he plays, he's so dynamic, and you see one of the guys we're going to get to, so passionate up front, Scotty, who came in, and then you see someone like O'Shea, and you go, in there somewhere, there's a real good strategy where the two more senior players that have, have done time in Europe can create for someone who's as dynamic as Dylan. And there's also a world where those two players really feed off someone like Maradovic who will come get the ball and help. Mm. He's more like those guys who will come and be a bit of a playmaker as well. And so there's a world where you get two guys up top and it all works brilliantly. Now that's the challenge for Warren Moon. Does he double down and go, we're going to keep the two up front, similar sort of strategy, try and wiggle it, make it work better? Or do we start looking at other options because this group just hasn't quite got it? Yeah, Merzer and Dylan up front. Scotty McDonald is a number ten. Just, <laughs> Jay O'Shea deep, deep line creative midfielder, and we'll just get someone who bloody kick people once out of people. <laughs> and there's, there's, your, there's your structure. That's why I didn't. I know that it goes against everything we said, but I thought that was Marty Holloway's role: is that we would put him there, and people would lob the ball to him, and he would flick it on for pacey guys like. I know it was definitely something you yeah. wanted all season was Except that. Except he was just garbage. Yeah, head. and then <laughs> we never did it, and we never put Dylan and Aaron on at the same time because they always replaced one another, and then Aaron just didn't yeah. ever. That was the one thing you wanted all season. It was a Marty Holloway and Dylan went all together. Right? Well, you just sure we saw kick it to your bloody seven foot striker, and he'll head it on for your quick striker that's quicker than the old. All these teams with their thirty plus year old defenders like never did it. Yeah. Not that, not that I'm saying I'm, Amari Holloway played well enough to earn that spot. I'm just, in my head, I was like, that's what we've signed them for, but we never did it. And that leads us on to our dual Golden Boot winners. You could say officially that Roy and the boy O'Donovan did sort of win it because he got one in the FFA Cup, but they've only ever really given out the uh, Golden Boot um, in Brisbane Raw circles for A-League performances, for whatever reason. Never even included like ACL in that. Or, I've always been a bit funny in my advice about that, but hey, so be it. Then, so they, but they definitely really basically replaced each other. You know, Scott McDonald came in and Roy O'Donovan basically left and sort of, I think there was a crossover where they were probably both on the, both on the books, but O'Donovan was already like trying to get another contract. And there was a game, he was signed really late in the mutual transfer window to go back to Newcastle, but I think we'd already basically ousted him from the team and McDonald replaced him. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Because McDonald was rumored quite early in like the transfer window, and but then, yeah. I thought I remembered that it was the other way that they were playing hardball over releasing Scott, but maybe I remember. They were that. actually they were like Western United were definitely like they took it all the way to like AP or something about you know that but he wanted out. And, yeah, he I thought they left it really late in the window. Yeah, maybe they so did. Maybe, maybe it was both. Yeah, maybe they both. But you might have been right. There might have been a time for a few days where we had both on the books before because Roy yeah. was last minute like transfer window should be in fact we probably released him for free and they picked him up for free after the transfer window kind of yeah thing. yeah it was like right on the final day i think we were even playing that night it was a bit yeah yeah we, we let him go like the day of the game yeah yeah so, i know that's right 
he got dropped and then we announced it like two hours after the game finished. <laughs> yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, that he was <laughs> He was actually literally on the plane back to Newcastle while we were playing our match and we didn't announce it till afterwards. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, I think with, with Roy O'Donovan, one of the things that kind of is hidden in, in his goal scoring stats is that the majority of those, I believe, were from the spot. Well, certainly two in the, of the hat trick were penalties, yeah. and I think he might have had at least one other somewhere in the season. Yeah. So I, I'm fairly certain half of the eight league goals were. He's got the Macaron bloody yeah. thing where he scored half his goals as pens and padded his numbers. I mean, no, he scored pens, so goals are goals. But yeah, you're right. He didn't create a lot as a striker. No, and I I, I found I found him quite lazy. And that, that, that was my biggest criticism of him. I, I don't like lazy strikers. I mean, you, you can play target man, but you, you can't be. You can't just kind of stand there. Um, and he stood there a lot. Yeah. You're playing That's right. the right. The, the third penalty was the one goal in that 5-1 loss of penalty in the 90th minute. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just just standing there, you're, you're essentially helping out the mid-30-year-old uh, central defenders that yeah. Dan was, was speaking of. Mm. Um, you know, we, we need we needed somebody who was actually moved, um, and you know I was quite, I was quite glad when we got uh, Scotty Mack on because one you know one he actually does move around you know, he, you know he's not sprightly by stretch of the imagination but he, he he does actually move uh, which makes makes the defenders actually have to make decisions about who's marking him and whether or not they follow him too far because he, he does float around a fair bit. Um, but the other thing that I like about Scotty Mack is that he is not a selfish forward, no. which brings in some doubt in the defenders' minds as to whether or not he's going to take it or he's going to pass it on. Yeah, and, and then we went through, you know, we discussed a little bit in his interactions with Joe O'Shea that brought Joe O'Shea into the game a little bit more towards the end of the season, like, you know, after he got signed. Um, you know, it had a positive impact on players around him. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that was a net benefit. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, with players leaving and all, of, you know, the disruption of COVID, you know, you didn't really see that so much after the break necessarily. But, um, yeah, I think that was certainly on display in the window between when he arrived and when we, we broke for COVID. And do you think, like you guys have, have been around the Raw for longer than I have, but would I be so far out in saying when Scott McDonald signed and he started playing and then he started, like he was pivotal in the dressing room, he was a big figure, he was doing all the interviews. He's probably the first time, I don't know, maybe since Matt and Kyle left, maybe since earlier, that I really felt there was someone in the dressing room that cared about the club, like right at his heart, you know? Yeah, um, I, I can think two two people come to mind for me. Um, Enrique was was one. He he absolutely bleeds Brisbane Raw. Um, the other was our most successful captain in, in Matt Smith. Um, you know, we all know he hated Sydney, so yeah, <laughs> it was always a plus for us. And that's it. And it was that was that old sort of thing where like Donovan was actually you know a vice captain at the start of the season, and that was yeah. that just sort of turned out to be just the wrong fit, but. McDonald was that lead on the field, and he certainly changed around the atmosphere around the club uh, and turned it around. But as much as we can say, I think you know there's there are some good players up there, but it certainly didn't work. Like we had we only scored 29 goals for. We said 29 goals against was a really good outcome for our defensive unit, and much better than the season before. Like yeah. that was a low bar to beat. Um, but then you've got to turn around and say, well, they're only scoring 29 goals, and I think that's A League totals. 
uh, that's probably not really good enough. Yeah, but I think there's enough talent in that. That oh, there's probably three guys left on the list: uh, Dylan, Mercer, and, and Scott. I think there's a way we can make that work. It's skills-wise, there's plenty there. There's plenty of goals in that if you can. Again, we go back to the moon and his structure. So yeah. if he wants to play a certain way, I think we can make it work where we can score. We can double that tally or something like that. We don't have to go and import. I mean, I don't even know if you can anymore, but, you know, we don't have to go and get a lot more talent. There's some there. It's just, can we harness that? Can we make the most of it? Yeah. And once again, it'll come down to, I think, Warren Moon needs to pick his system and just have an idea of what he wants to do and get the players that will support that around. With, with regards to who's there already, like... You know, you're not, don't throw the baby out of the bathwater, but that's the whole point of me, coach, tweak it around. Yeah. I think so, so, certainly for me, from a structure perspective, there needs to be more support through through the midfield with the strikers. Mm-hmm. I, I think our formation this season was far too defensive. Um, and, 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 you know, granted, we didn't concede many, but, you know, you want to be scoring probably twice as many goals as you're conceding, and that didn't happen this season. No, that's it. So... Uh, yeah, it's back in that balance, Sorry, right? We were sort of, yeah. I think we we're trying to score too many other well this year, which just meant the defence just got absolutely annihilated. We've swung it back too far one way, and here we are. But that'll do us, I think, and that'll wrap mm. up the whole season. It's been a journey this season, and uh, thank you very much for joining us for the last ones, Mr. Danny Butts. Hey, thank you. Hey, Mr. Ben Clark. Thank you, sir. And Mr. Rick Evans. Thank you. And of course, Dave had his little bit before, but he had to pop off for this one. And, Anyone else has contributed over the season as well, so thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll come back when we've actually got a new season to talk about. And annual then, FFA Cup review show. Yeah, our annual when FFA Cup review show. Uh, <laughs> actually, we're due to do that uh, actually probably about a month ago, our annual FFA Cup <laughs> show. Uh, that's normally what happens. Uh, and that's, 13-month season. Yeah, 13-month season. Yeah, it's uh, we finally can put a pin in season eight. I think that's what we're up to. And uh, we'll see you all again sometime in the future. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.